is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Good evening, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 194, recorded on Wednesday, December the 17th, 2014. Welcome back to the program, everyone. This is probably going to be our last podcast before 2015. That's true. So we should make it a good one, Jason. Oh, do I have to? You Well, you, you have to try. <laughs> All right. There's no I'll at least try. Yeah, there's no guarantee that you'll succeed. But, well, you know uh, what Yoda, Yoda says, do or do not. There is no try. That's, that's a, you know, words uh, to live by right there. Yeah. But we're going to try anyways. <laughs> And uh, we have you, a, few, a few things to talk about this uh, this episode. We're going to talk about my weekend in New York at Walker Stalker Con. We have uh, one item in the Walking Dead news this week, which should be fun. We oh, yeah? We haven't done news in a while. Oh, news. And before all that, we're going to do this. And it's play an entry in our Record Your Favorite Scene contest. Oh, Excellent. So I'm going to play it right now, and I'm going to let this person introduce themselves. Hello, my name is Alex, and I'm going to be doing an entry for the Record Your Own Scene contest. You step outside, you risk your life. You take a drink of water, you risk your life. And nowadays you breathe, and you risk your life. Every moment now, you don't have a choice. The only thing you can choose is what you're risking it for. I can make these people feel better and hang on a little bit longer. I can save lives. That's enough reason to risk mine. Short and sweet. There you go. Thank you, Alex, from the internet. That was awesome. Yeah, that was, of course, Herschel talking to his daughter Maggie during the first half of season four when everyone Mm -hmm. was sick. Yeah, and, you know, basically, no matter what you do, you're probably going to (laughs) die. More or less what he's getting at, yeah. Yep. You know, so you might as well do something that makes you happy, makes you feel good, or helps other people because the end is near, everybody. Yeah. In the zombie apocalypse. So thank you, Alex, for sending that in. If you would like to send in an entry, still lots of time. Still um, half the season to go and when for this contest ends at the end of season five. So still lots of time. You can record yourself on your phone and then email us the file. That's probably the best way to do it quality-wise. But you can also do what Alex did and use the Send Voicemail button on our website and record it right there. Or call the toll-free number at one 483 9662 I'm just going to say that's probably the worst way to do it if you're concerned with quality. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's it's an option, but, you know, not a, not a great one. Um Great prize pack, which uh, we've talked about before, a full set of Walking Dead issue 100 retail covers, um, uh, a a baseball bat, a prop baseball bat, or a replica of a prop baseball bat uh, that Negan uses in the comics. And um, uh, what else did I throw in? Oh, yeah, the Artist Proof Edition of the All Out War hardcover uh, from the Walking Dead comics. So lots of really, really good stuff this year in the contest and we want to get lots more entries. So pick a scene, record it and send it in. Do you think we should do another one just to get people's juices flowing a little bit? Yeah, I want to win. You can't win. But remember we did the like opening scene from the pilot episode last year. Yep. I think maybe, I think maybe we should pick another one and maybe get, get people some ideas on what they're, you know, what they want to do. Give them a sample 
uh, other than all the ones that you know I've played already. <laughs> well, we did the uh, the opening scene, which is the first time Rick and Shane talk. Maybe we should do the last time Rick and Shane talk. Well, that's not a terrible idea. It's not a terrible idea. Uh, Carl is involved in that scene too, but I don't know if he has a line really. Well, if you know, if he does have a line, we can we can fake it. We can. That's true. It's all about faking it, really, when it comes to this, because I don't care if people do two sides of a conversation themselves, or if it's two people, or they do multiple characters, whatever. Just uh, pick a scene and record it in, in the best way you can. If there, if Carl is in that scene, we'll see if we can get Siri to play that part. <laughs> that would take an entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe your Mac computer can it can do voices, right? Uh, yeah, sure. So yeah, we'll get uh, if there is a third person in that scene, we'll get uh, we'll get your computer to play that part. Well, you know, the other thing is um, Carl's stunt double is like a thirty-year-old woman, right? Who happens to be petite rather, and she can you know fill in for a ten-year-old boy. Um, so we could just get like one of my kids, my wife, to do it maybe to stand in for Carl. That's true. Anybody. All right. Well, anyways, get your entries in. We'll play them as many as we can on the show, and it will be a good time. Next, we're going to move into this. The Walking Dead News. All right, The Walking Dead News is back. We haven't done this in, I don't know, eight or nine podcasts. Yay, news. And it's kind of big news, too. It's all about the Companion series. Right. Stuff is starting to come out, Jason, and we are, are here to talk about it. So stuff is doing stuff, and we're going to talk about stuff. Stuff is happening, that's for sure. So here we go. Um, I, I mean, I guess some of this could be considered a little spoilery if you don't want to know anything about the companion show. Information has come out that you may want to avoid, but... You're going to find out anyway, so, you know... There is whatever. that. You're going to find that anyway. But also, it's not really that spoilery. And one of the things is just kind of silly. So right. I, I don't think... You need to worry about spoilers too, too much here. But again, if you're sensitive and you want to go in completely knowledge-free, um, you might want to not listen to this. So, the working title that they are going with for the Companion series, which probably means nothing, but you tell me what you think it means, Okay, is Cobalt. Cobalt? Mm-hmm. So the whole series is blue. Uh, what does that mean? I don't know. Well, nothing. Cobalt is blue, right? Yes, it is. So cobalt probably means nothing, but I thought I'd mention, point it out right here. Eventually we'll get, you know, eventually it'll become Untitled Walking Dead spinoff project probably. Or maybe right. it was that already and then it became cobalt. Cobalt sounds like a uh, code name for the series, like the internal code name for the, uh, you know, I'm not sure that that's, did they come out and actually say that that's going to be the title? No, no, no. It is not a title. It is, it is a code name title. It's, oh, okay. It's, it's a working title. Oh, okay. Good. So, so Okay, I'm on the same page now, finally. Okay, good. <laughs> good <laughs> podcast, remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I guess that doesn't mean anything, but um, we know where this show is going to be set. Is it blue? Is, this, is, it, is it a blue location? Um, g- give me a list of blue locations. Los Angeles is a blue location. Why do you say it's a blue location? Because I know this information already. Oh, it's set in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, though. Do you think so? What do you think about this? 
Well, I think it's uh, it could be a little tropey in you know the Chrysler, not the Chrysler building, but the uh, the Capitol Records building being uh, in the background and destroyed because that always gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then if they go to Hollywood or at least show Hollywood, we can see the Hollywood sign being destroyed because that sign always gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. Or they can hang out at the base of the Hollywood sign because that's a bit a uh, bit of a trope too and have a discussion. Um, but it could be okay. I w- really, honestly, I would have liked to have seen a, a not not as a prominent location, somewhere a little uh, a little less prominent. But do you think that you know having one show that is you know mostly it, I, I was going to say in Atlanta, but it's mostly not in Atlanta. It's mostly out in the countryside, in right. little towns and so on, or in the forest. Um, so we have one show that's really very um, rural. And now we have another show that's going to be urban. Is that much as enough of a? Um, is that sort of enough of a difference to make it something interesting in terms of a new location? Well, is it going to be urban? Is it- well, that's a question, right? Like Los Angeles is obviously a big city, but it's a big sprawling city. And right. yes, I mean technically, you have to say that it's urban if they're within Los Angeles, but there are parks and and like the Hollywood Hills and stuff like that, which technically are urban, but they're um, they're also sort of, I mean, there's a lot of wilderness too, right? Yeah. Well, that's what I think is if they get out of Los Angeles or, you know, uh, if they go somewhere in a little bit Northern California, they could, uh, they could end up at a nice winery and, uh, you know, that, that could be rather, rather nice to yeah. hang out there. Beautiful country out there. It is for sure. But that's assume they actually, that's assuming they actually leave Los Angeles. I, yeah. I have a feeling what they're going to do here is actually stay in the city. And I, I think, I don't know this for sure, but I think I heard that this show will be earlier on in the zombie apocalypse. And we don't know how fast time is going to go on this right. show. But if it's earlier on, there might be, um, they, I have a feeling they might stick to a particular location a little bit more. Right. Like a, a section of Los Angeles, like where they're holed up. Or something like that, and there's actually a lot of zombies outside, and maybe a lot of little groups all over the place that are slowly dying off. So, I don't know if there's going to be much travel in this one, like there is in the main show. The only concern I have with it being in an urban environment is that shooting outdoors uh, in Los Angeles would require a lot of work for an apocalypse television show. So, my worry is that if they do, if it does take place in such a location as Los Angeles and it stays there, that most of the show will be indoors in mm-hmm. order to cut, keep down production costs. Yeah. Well, when you think about it, when we went back to Atlanta in the first half of season five on the main show here, you know, every scene with the, where you could see the backdrop of the city had to be special affected to have buildings yeah. blown out and half fallen down and, and whatever. Um, now, that's also, the other thing is, don't forget, Atlanta was supposedly bombed. So maybe L.A. will not have been bombed in this show. So, oh, so you're just going to have newspapers flying around and call it a day. Yeah, you'll have tumbleweeds going by and things like that. But the actual buildings won't be that destroyed. Like the Hollywood sign, yes, it always gets destroyed. or It'll fall over. or Because fall- it's, it's very tippy, apparently. It, it falls over in movies all the time at yeah. a strong wind. But um, maybe in this... In real life, I don't think the Hollywood sign would take would fall over that quickly. No, it, it really wouldn't, right? So on the show, maybe Hollywood sign looks normal. Capitol Records building looks normal. Just evacuated or deserted. Right. 
I don't know. It's uh, well, if I was stuck in the zombie apocalypse and uh, most of humanity was gone, and I wanted to go somewhere where there was, uh, you know, uh, fortified buildings with uh, maybe not as many people, uh, I think I might head to Malibu. Yeah. That'd be a nice place to go. You go to Malibu. They probably they have gated communities. They have gated houses. They have, uh, you know, beaches. You can live in Iron Man's house. <laughs> well, yeah. If that was a real house, it's not a real house, is it? It's a real house. I don't think it. I don't think Iron Man lives there, but it's a real okay, house. Yeah, Tony Stark lives there. If it's a real house, Tony Stark lives there. Okay, good. So you can so, move in with yeah, him. Yeah, you you could move in with Tony Stark. I mean, if you're going to live with the superheroes, Tony Stark's the one to uh, to live with because uh, he's got all the Iron Man suits. I well, they cl- blew up on the last movie. Spoiler. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should clarify. The exterior shots of the house are a real house, but I don't know once you get inside how much of that is real. <laughs> what? You're telling me Jarvis isn't real? And the giant workshop in the basement and stuff like that? I have a feeling. And, and, the, and the sentient robot arms? Yeah. I think those probably aren't real. Come on. John Favreau would have made those for real. Uh, he might have. All right. So, well, speaking of shooting, though, and indoors and outdoors, apparently the pilot episode of the new series will feature, and this is going to blow your mind, okay, will feature scenes shot in a school and a hospital. Why would that blow my mind? Are you being facetious? Because, you know, it seems like this show is constantly being shot in schools, hospitals, and churches. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know? <laughs> yeah. And farms. And farms, that's true. So but maybe they will go to a winery. It doesn't feel like, yeah, maybe. It doesn't feel like school and hospital are really all that unique of locations for people to go in the zombie apocalypse. Well, it, well, that's because it's, uh, that's where I would go. You know, if I, you know, schools were, were built to double, you know, a lot of the schools were built to double as bomb shelters. Mm-hmm. And hospitals have uh, backup generators and all kinds of, uh, you know, all kinds of safety equipment. And besides the fact, they're hospitals. Yeah. So, and schools have books. And, you know, you want to go to a place with a book. That's true. Book learning is good. I know. But all I'm saying here is that if we're hoping for something new and different with this companion series, I don't know that having a bunch of characters stuck in a school or a hospital in the middle of Los Angeles is going to provide anything different from what we already have in the main show. I think you may have nit- hit the nail on the head there. You're hoping for something new and different. This is not going to be new and different. New and different doesn't rake in the cash like the TV show that already rakes in the cash. Uh, they're not going to branch out. They're going to add on. Well, right? that, that makes me a little bit disappointed to hear. Well, yeah, and I think you need to re- realign your expectations because this is not going to be new and different. This is going to be a different cast in a different location doing the same stuff. Well, I hope you're wrong about that. M- me too, but uh, I, I, I don't have the uh, as high hopes for you uh, as you do for new and different. All right. Well, yeah, th- this kind of information is, is what's making me a little bit worried about this show. Um, but But let's move on. Uh, the pilot is being written by Robert Kirkman and the showrunner Dave Erickson. So okay. Kirkman is being involved in the writing on this one. And apparently it's scheduled to start shooting early in 2015. So oh, let's say they shoot early 2015. To me, that kind of feels like they're aiming for a fall premiere, which I'm like, people, what's the matter with you? You already have one giant show on in the fall. Why don't you do this one when the main show's not on? You know, right. during the summer, the 
and that would be fantastic because then we could do podcasts about it and it doesn't overlap. Right. <laughs> they're they're not thinking about our, our us at all. Right. I almost said they're not thinking about arse at all, but maybe arse. they are. They're probably well. They're probably not. <laughs> all right. So uh, Dave Erickson, I uh, just looked him up on IMDb, and he looks like uh, Marco Polo, Sons of Anarchy, Canterbury's Law, uh, Low Winter Sun. Yep, I, I heard that he was a Sons of Anarchy and Low Winter Sun guy. Yeah. So it looks like Marco Polo. Have you checked out the Marco Polo show? No, I I didn't even know it was a show. There's a yeah. There's a it's ex, a Net, Netflix exclusive. Mm. And it just got released. Oh, yeah, okay, I've never heard of it. Have you watched it? Is it good? I Well, uh, I've watched the... F- I think we watched the first 45 seconds of it. <laughs> That's not very much. Well, no, it was just I don't think we were in the right mood for the type of show it was. It's like, hey, we need something else to watch. Uh, let's try this Marco Polo thing. And we started watching. It's like, yeah, we're not in the mood for that. So we went back and started rewatching uh Sherlock. Okay, with Benedict Cumberbatch mm-hmm. and uh, and Bilbo Baggins, and that show is just absolutely amazing. I was going to say Arthur Dent. It is better the second time. <laughs> Arthur Dent, <laughs> yeah. either one. Yeah, they're both in this show. Yep. Uh, and he, he's also uh, uh, what's his name? Is John Watson? <laughs> right. So yeah, he uh, this show is fantastic. You should watch Sherlock. All right. But right. Uh, yeah, so Marco Polo. I don't know a whole lot about it. <laughs> Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think we, we, we'd be interested in watching it, but, uh, not that night, I guess. Well, I think the point is that Dave Erickson has definitely some experience behind him. Yes. You know, he's Consulting producer, executive producer, uh, writer, co-executive producer, lots of, yeah, it looks like he's got lots of credits here. He's not just some guy they pulled off the street and was like, hey, you want to make a TV show? They found someone who has some experience, knows what he's doing. So, you know, hopefully he will put together something really compelling and awesome, and it will be on in the summer. I want it to be gritty like uh, like Sons of Anarchy, only better. <laughs> better, eh? I only watched like three episodes of Sons of, Sons of Anarchy first season. Yeah, Sons of Anarchy is okay. It's not great, yeah. but it, it's okay. It's passable. Okay. Uh, but uh, I want it, like, it's gritty, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some characters that are in Sons of Anarchy that are fantastic. Uh, so I want it to be like Sons of Anarchy, only uh, Only better. with zombies. And zombies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Less motorcycles, more zombies. Well, not even less motorcycles, just more zombies. Sure, more zombies. Okay. Well, that's the uh, companion show. Now we got to talk about the cast, because they've announced some actors that are playing some of these roles. Cool. So... I will go from top down, and the series lead is a guy named Cliff Curtis. So Cliff Curtis has been around for a while. He's been in a lot of stuff. Um, To name a few, he was on a TV show called Gang Related, another TV show called Missing, um, a show called Trauma, which you've probably heard of, Body of Proof. Uh, In terms of movies, he's done things like Columbiana, um, 10,000 BC, Live Free or Die Hard, Sunshine. Do you remember Sunshine? I do. So he's been around a little while, been acting since the early 90s, has some producer credits. He's uh, He seems to know what he's doing. So he's the lead role, Cliff Curtis. Uh, yeah, I've seen, I recognize him, and I know him as uh, Escobar. He was in, uh, what movie was that? I don't uh, know. Pablo Escobar. He was Pablo Escobar in Blow. In Blow. Remember Blow? Right. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the first time I remember seeing him. And then every time, he's a that guy actor. Just every time I see him, it's like, oh, it's Pablo Escobar. Mm-hmm. 
So that's uh, that's how I think of this guy. All right. Well, I kind of recognize his face from Sunshine, I think, although it's been a little while since I've seen that movie. Uh, so he's he's the series lead, which is cool. And then they hired two younger kids. I mean, not younger kids, but I think teenage-type people, or at least people playing teenagers. First of all, Frank Delaney, or Delane. Um, right. he, was, he has not been in much, except he did have a role in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. He was Tom Riddle. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Well, read the books, watch the movies. I don't want to do either of those things. The books were good. Movies, not so much, but the uh, the books were good. Well, I don't know. I, read them to your kids, damn it. Someday I might read them to my kids, but by the time I want to do that, they probably will, well, they can read themselves, so maybe they'll read them themselves. <laughs> um, but otherwise, really nothing else. Um, he's in, been in a few things that are completed, it looks like, but not released. So he is pretty new. And he was born in 1991, so he's a pretty young guy. And then playing his sister is a woman named Alicia Debnam Carey, who also has not really been in much, although more than he has. Um, let's see, nothing I recognize, except for Into the Storm. Never saw that movie, but I do know it is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yep. So we don't know too much about them other than they are uh, playing siblings. And I don't know if they're Cliff Curtis's children or if they're somebody else's children. Um, but yeah, that's our three cast members so far. Well, we also have, I'm just looking at IMDb. Is that where you got this information? Well, it was reported in the news, but yes, it's on IMDb too. Okay. We also have a, a, a Juan Gabriel Pareja. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's playing Morales. Yeah, well, Morales is a character from the main show. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In season one. Yeah. So I would assume that this information is not correct. Oh. But that would be interesting. Will Morales show up in Los Angeles on the Walking Dead companion show? Because him and his family in season one, if you recall, decided to go off on their own and not follow the group to the CDC. Right. So maybe he went west, and maybe they made it all the way to L.A., and they'll be there. Or the other way around, like this was supposed, like the the companion show is supposed to take place early on in the apocalypse, right? Oh, that's true. So maybe he ends up in Atlanta. That's true, but we 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 don't really know what early on means, right? Like I figure, I feel like the main show started early on in the apocalypse because Rick was in that hospital for a couple of weeks only, probably three weeks, maybe. No, because I think the 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 main crap that was going down went down before he woke up. Right, so that I think there was a number of weeks there. Well, I think we talked about this before. I forget where we landed on the timeline. But yeah, I know. I, 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 I'm thinking six weeks. Yeah, still, that's early though. I mean, six weeks compared to what they're two years in now. Like, can a show really claim to depict the early days of the apocalypse and stay earlier than six weeks forever? Probably not. No, probably not. Right, but he might. He might be on the show for a little while and then say, "I got to go to Atlanta," and then take off. Yeah, and then meet up with, yeah, he may be, I don't know, you're right. And then he jump could. in a helicopter and away he goes. Away he goes. Now he lives on a boat somewhere in the ocean. That's right. Um, anyways, I would assume that Juan Gabriel Perea as more Morales is not actually accurate information on the IMDb, but hey, he's there, so let's go with it and maybe he is. Right. All right. Um, okay, well, that's all the news on the Walking Dead Companion Show and all the Walking Dead news for this week. Uh, I'm sure more information will start coming out about this show pretty fast and furious since they're going to be starting filming, it sounds like, pretty soon. Right. And we will report it all right here for you into your ear holes. 
out of our mouth holes. <laughs> right. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for finishing that thought there. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about Walker Stalker Con. Yeah, a bit. you were, I didn't get any news because we were holding off our, uh, for this podcast. So I don't know how it went. I'm not even entirely sure that you went. Did you go? I was there. I promise you, I was there. You went. Well, I knew I knew you were planning on going, but we hadn't really talked about it since uh, since you got back. So uh, so you went, uh-huh. and uh, you were there, mm-hmm. and then you came back. I sure did. That's awesome. Did you have a good time? I had a really good time. Really yeah. good time. Now, I've never not had a good time at Walker Stalker Con. This is my third one that I've been to. Yeah. And you know, you went to the first one with me, and we had a great mm-hmm. time there. Yeah, it was fantastic. Since then, I've been to Chicago back in March, and now this one, which was in New Jersey, just uh, just across the river from Manhattan. So they called it New York, New Jersey, and um, it was it was awesome. the The cool thing about this one was I was down there in an official capacity, and I had a staff badge rather than just a regular sort of VIP badge, and I was staff because I was hosting or moderating panels. Nice. And I ended up doing five panels. So you got to go uh, backstage and see all the inner workings. So there was like uh, big gears and stuff moving things along in the background. And you could see that. Man, I saw the sausage being made on this one. That's for sure. Gross. <laughs> Should never have to look at sausage being made. No. Just, just enjoy the sausage, my friends. Well, there was a lot of sausage and I was involved in the manufacturing of it this time. And it was so much fun. So so Jason from The Walking Dead cast a yep. while ago invited me or, or asked me to come. And of course you were invited too, but you couldn't make it. But he yep. he said, you know, why don't you come? You can you can do a bunch more panels this time because he's normally their panel host or one of them anyways. Right. And, uh, you know, I guess he just wanted to not have to do like six panels a day for two days in a row. Right. So you're, you, uh, you're brought in as a... As a as relief, as as panel relief. That's right. Right. Um, so yeah, it was amazing. The panels I did. Let's see. In order, were on Saturday morning. The first one was the comic book men. Right. So three out of the four or five guys involved in the comic book men TV show: Mike Zapsik, Ming Chen, and Brian Johnson. Right. That's the one with uh, what's his name? Right, uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, he's he's not really on the show. Like he's not in the store. You've never seen it, right? Oh God, no. It's on too late for you. I know it's on at midnight. No, it, well, it's on also on TV, which I don't watch. Except really, for, okay. Um, what are, are you insane? You watch TV all the time. How can you say you don't watch? TV? No, I watch television shows that come to me through various internet type means. This strikes me as like if it's not on Netflix and I don't go looking for it, I don't see it or iTunes or whatever. Okay, I see what you mean. Anyways, Comic Book Men, the three of those guys did a panel with them. Um, That was super fun. The main guy, Walt, who actually runs the store, was not there. He doesn't like to do these things, apparently. And Kevin Smith wasn't there, but I was saying Kevin Smith's not really on the show. What they do is they show scenes from the store, and then it's kind of bookended and narrated a little bit by the five of them, including Kevin Smith, recording a podcast about it. Right. So Kevin Smith wasn't there either, but these three guys were, and that was... It was pretty fun. They, um, they're just three sort of goofy dudes who have a lot of knowledge about comic books and pop culture in general. So, right, it was it was fairly easy to do that one. It's sort of like us, but with, they have uh, knowledge. Yeah, and jobs <laughs> in the industry. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then that was the first one, and the second one I did. 
That was Saturday. Yeah, the second one I did was Melissa Hutchison. Oh, yeah. Who we've had, uh, again, another super easy one. We've had her on the podcast a couple of times. Yep. And she, of course, does the voice of Clementine in the video game. So that was like, because I've I've gotten to know her a little bit, going to these conventions and having her on the show, that was like just sitting down with some friends and chatting about what they do for a living and then having people in the audience ask the odd question. Right. So that, that was a no-brainer. Really. It, it it really was a no-brainer. I mean, just the decision to do that and wanting to do it. I mean, it's Melissa, so yeah, absolutely. Totally. I mean, I consider her like a friend now. So yeah. sitting and doing a panel with her was fine. And um, I, you know, I did prepare for it. I prepared for all of these going in, except for one, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, you know, with some questions and stuff like that. But for the most part, these panels kind of run themselves. You just kind of get the conversation going and then invite people up to the microphone to ask questions and... If you get enough people, I mean, the panel's for the fans, right? It's not for yeah. me to sit there and talk to this person. So you want to get as many of the fan questions through as you can. So if there's a lot of them, your job is really just to say hi to the person and then invite them to ask their questions. So right. it's yeah. not, not a tough job. Um, so okay. with Melissa, it was it was super fun. We just talked about uh, Clementine. Tried to get information about Season 3 of the game, which is coming out later this year, I think. But she wouldn't uh, she wouldn't budge. No, she's very good at that kind of thing. You know, she also claimed that she really didn't know anything about it yet because they haven't oh, started. Oh, sure. They haven't started recording. I mean, she knows that she'll be involved. I think that's about where it ends right now, though. <laughs> Likely story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then later on on Saturday, that was supposed to be all my panels for the day. Later on, though, there was a cancellation. So there was an open slot at 5 p.m. on Saturday. Right, and um, we decided to slot in Jay Boninga, who writes the novels. Oh yeah, and so Jason asked me if I'd go up and moderate that with him because otherwise it would have just been him. And I said, sure, considering I've read all the books and he has not read all of them. Right. Well, not all of them. I haven't read the most recent one yet, but we'll be getting to that later this year. But I'd read more than he has, so so we went up and did that one too. That was just sort of off the cuff and uh, pretty um, pretty in, um, informal because right. we didn't have a lot of time to prep for that. Yeah, how was he? Is he a nice guy? He's a super nice guy. He's a super nice guy. Now, I've met him before um, at previous Walker Stalker Con because I've bought a book from him and stuff like that and just chatted for a minute. Right. He wouldn't remember me from before, but, you know, we... Uh... I met you once at a book signing. Don't you remember me? Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> come on. Um, but he's he's just an interesting guy to talk to, has some, some stuff to say, answers questions well, and um, and again, there were some questions from the audience, so we just got it rolling, and and that's it. Plus, there's four so far, five I guess, because one was released in two parts. There's five novels out there already um, right. to draw from for questions and stuff like that. So, did anybody ask him how he writes? Does it is it longhand? Is it a typewriter? Does he use a computer or his BlackBerry? Uh, no, nobody asked that specific question. Oh man. <laughs> That's the kind of thing I want to know. We'll see. If you ever come back again, and maybe you and I can do a moderating job together, you can ask the questions that you want to know. Some people like to write longhand, which is like, you know, which is a pain in the ass because they just get crampy hands. And, uh, you know, some people still use typewriters. Because mm -hmm. why not? Because why not? Because typewriters have a very satisfying sound and feel to them, right? That's right. Well, we didn't ask him that, but we asked him all sorts of things about the character of the governor and... and um, he he was saying that he met David Morrissey for the first time at this Walker Stalker Con because he was there cool. too, and I don't think they talked too much, but um, it it was just fun for him to meet the actor who portrays the character, 
Um, and of course, one thing we found out a while back that we asked him about was the fact that David Morrissey, when he got the role, he went back to the novels primarily as a source of backstory on the governor, oh. more so than the comics, which I think is really interesting. That's pretty yeah. fun. So, so that was really good. Um, he revealed that he is currently working on a brand new um, project related to The Walking Dead, but he wouldn't really give us any more information than that. And of course, he's contracted for three more books or something. So there's going to be lots more Walking Dead novels coming down the uh, pipeline. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, and then on Sunday in the morning, we did a panel with, um, oh my God, I should have looked up his name. He's a doctor. Doctor f teaches a, a, a university class on um, on zombies in popular Do culture. Doctor Frank? Cool. No, not Doctor Frank. Um, and Professor Frank, but anyway, yeah, that's right. Uh, let's see, I can probably find it here. I should uh, give him a shout out. Uh, is it Dr. Bilbo Baggins? <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> uh, come on, Arnold. Let's see, his first name is Arnold. Arnold T. Bloomberg, Dr. Arnold T. Bloomberg, right? There you go. So he was great. He came up to uh, to just talk about zombies and pop culture. The panel was titled The Evolution of the Zombie. And so we started right back at the beginning talking about the first earliest zombie films, where that came from, you know, through Night of the Living Dead, which was sort of it's kind of considered the original zombie movie. Right. Um, and then up to what we have at The Walking Dead and how he classifies zombies and so on and so on. So that was a pretty interesting panel as well. well. In broad strokes, how would he classify zombies? Is it smooth zombies or smooth? Fast zombies versus slow zombies? Or is it uh, you know angry people versus uh, dead people? He considers, um, he considers all of those things zombies. He's one of the, like one of the audience members asked him a question, you know, typical... Twenty eight days later, are those zombies or are those infected humans? Right, and he said yes, they are infected with something, but they classify to him as a zombie. Um, and he went into it a, a little bit more about you know how they're basically not under their own control, which is one of the properties of a zombie. Right. Um, but he, in his own personal opinion, which we also asked him about, he's. He's a slow zombie guy. He he prefers slow moving, lumbering type zombies, not fast running, crazy people. Right. Uh, but he was he was really interesting. He's written a book too on zombies in cinema. He does his own podcast called Doctor of the Dead, which is good. Uh, so he's been around a while, and you know I could see him coming back someday to uh, to do another panel. How many classifications of zombies does he have? Oh gosh, I I don't know exactly, but. He's he's a wealth of knowledge. I'll t I'll tell you that. Like he he rattled off some movies that I think almost nobody in the crowd had even heard of, let alone seen. Right. And a number of people came up and asked him specific things about specific zombie properties, movies, and so on. And he was able to answer every one of them. Like he he never had to say I haven't seen that one or something. So he's really right. put the time in to watch like everything there is. What's he What's he have his doctorate in? Uh, that's a good question. I Did anybody know. ask? No. <laughs> well, he's not a doctor of zombies, right? Uh, no. So this is, this is a side job for him. He got his doctorate in something, and he teaches a class and probably works this into it, but it's not, you know, this is not his profession, I don't think. 
unless it is, because that, and if it is, that's cool. Well, my name is uh, Dr. Arnold T. Blumberg, and uh, I was an English major at UMBC, graduated in 1993 uh, with departmental honors, and um, currently I'm curator of Jeppe's Entertainment Museum. We're located at Camden Station in downtown Baltimore, and our museum is entirely devoted to pop culture, comics, toys, collectibles, everything you remember growing up with as a kid, uh, all kinds of entertainment, film, radio, television. And uh, it was a perfect fit because this is pretty much what I've been spending my entire life doing as a hobby. So uh, now I've gotten to make it into a career. That was just a clip I found uh, in uh, sort of impromptu there on the site. Uh, but uh, that was him. Um, so he's got a doctorate of English. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, he's in the English department and he teaches right. the zombies in uh, zombies and pop culture course. A friend I went to high school with, her dad had a doctorate in philosophy. Oh, yeah? And and my first question is, what do you do with a doctorate in philosophy? <laughs> I don't the know. Answer? You answer? You teach. You, you an, well, you try to answer difficult, unanswerable questions. <laughs> like, yeah, really. I mean, a doctorate in philosophy. I don't even know how... I, yeah, I can't even fathom that. I can't even fathom taking a class in philosophy because I'm not a philosopher. Oh, come on. I took some philosophy in, in university, and I actually really enjoyed it. Did you? I'm like, what kind of things do you learn in philosophy? Well, I think for me, it was just, it was interesting learning about philosophy, like philosophers and why why they chose to pursue sort of answers to life, the universe, and everything and stuff like that, right? And some of the questions they asked, because philosophy is really an analysis of questions that we as humanity pose to ourselves all the time without even really knowing it. And I just like, found it can interesting. can you teach uh, a monkey to ride a unicycle? Well, is that, that, that the kind of question? That is an interesting question. I don't know if it categorizes as ph philosophical, <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe it does. I don't know. Uh, anyways, Dr. Bloomberg was great, and uh, I recommend seeking him out and maybe his books too. And podcast. Seek, seek out his podcast and his books, not him per se. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> don't see him out. Yeah. That's a little stalkery. Just, you know, do a Google search. Yeah. Which is a little, can be a little stalkery too, but not in this case because he has a podcast. He's a public figure. Yeah. So after that, I had one more panel to do, and it was with some of the original, the, some of the actors from the original Night of the Living Dead. It Ooh. was um, Judith O'Day, who played uh, Barbara, of course, right? Yep. Um, and... Not Dwayne Jones, who played the main the main role, but um, Russ Striner, who played uh, the guy at the beginning, who was um, Barbara's Barbara's brother. Right. Have you seen the movie? Yes, a long time ago, though. It's been a, it's been a while. All right. Um, so uh, yeah, so Barbara uh, Judith O'Day was there. The um, the the woman who played the kid in the film, her real name is Kyra Sean or Shone. S-C-H-O-N. Um, and then uh, Russ Streiner, who was, who was, oh, what's the character's name? Come on. Um, Johnny at the beginning of the movie. Right. So they were great. I mean, they were there um, to, do, to do the panel and just talk about the movie and its influence on, you know, cinema, basically, and what it was like shooting and stuff like that. So I hadn't seen that movie in an awfully long time either, but I watched it the day before just to refresh my memory so I wouldn't look like a, a tool up there not having seen the movie in 25 years. A complete hoser. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Did a lot of people tell me I sound Canadian? 
(laughs) (laughs) Not on panels, but like hanging out with the rest of the staff and so on. Uh, Anything that came out of my mouth, they were like, oh, there's your Canadian A. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I talk to uh, most of my job these days is uh, uh, talking with American uh, co-workers Mm -hmm. over, uh, over the phone. And none of them have accused me of sounding Canadian. Well, it must just be me then. Maybe the whole stereotype is based on me. Maybe. That'd be cool. Or maybe they're just too polite. It could be. It could be. You know, I don't accuse them of sounding American. Uh, No, no, I suppose. But Canadians are known to be polite. True. Anyways, uh, Night of Living Dead panel was fun. It was fun to just meet those those people. They are essentially legends within the zombie genre at this point. So, and it was it was interesting hearing about what it was like filming and and just uh, you know being there. And I asked them if if they had any idea at the time they were making something special or something that would go on to become such a touchstone like in zombie cultural culture and stuff like that and of course they had no idea yeah no kidding they were just making a, a crazy movie um about ghouls they didn't even call them zombies they were ghouls they were just yeah they were just living dead that's right so that was my panels and uh it was really really fun i gotta say it was i loved being up on the stage there just getting to sit and chat with people and there happened to be hundreds of people sitting in chairs in front of us. So Right. I, did you stress out? Did you uh did you freak out a little bit and have uh like, you know, cry in the shower kind of thing? No, nothing like that happened. I wasn't even really nervous doing it, to be honest. Um I uh I don't know. It didn't bother me. It's it's one of those things where I have I just know that it'll go okay and I sort of feel comfortable up there. Plus all the panels are moderated with two people. So it's me and, and Jason. Or right. me and somebody else. I did one with, with somebody else. So y- you have backup, right? If you don't have a question, hopefully they do kind of thing. So yeah. So it's it's really, really quite good. It was a lot of fun, and I hope I get to do more some sometime, especially with some of the more core actors. That would be really awesome. That'd be cool. Uh, James and Eric are greedy. They they keep the, the like the <laughs> yeah, real no kidding. They keep the real like big actors to themselves. Those are the Walker Stalkers for anyone who doesn't know, they organize the whole convention. Um, there were some other good panels though, like, uh, they, they brought up John Bernthal and Sarah Wayne Callies together as like Judith's, Judith's parents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they did that one. That was pretty good. Um, and David Morrissey and Scott Wilson went up together at, to do a panel. Nice. Uh, which was also a really, really good one. So good stuff. It was a lot of fun. Otherwise, uh, you know, we I hung around, looked around the at all the vendors, and bought a couple things, and uh, just enjoyed all that stuff. And then, did be- you get uh, get in line for autographs and uh, meet some people, take some pictures? Well, I did do a photo op. I did um, with uh, a double, a team up photo op with Lauren Cohan and Stephen Yoon. Nice. That was really, really awesome. It's, uh, boy, do they ever crank through people as fast as they can, though, because they want to get as many photo ops. So you basically step up, take the picture, and you are out of there. There is no time to stand around. No chit-chat. No. No nothing. It's very uh, soup Nazi. It is. It is in and out, just as fast as possible. Because, you know, they could sell a couple hundred photo ops, and you got 30 minutes to do it, to get through all of them. So you're just pounding through people. But... Uh, it was really good. I'm glad I did it because uh, now I have this really good. The photo turned out great. I have this really good photo of me standing there with Lauren Cohan and uh, Stephen Yeun. I don't know what I'm ever going to do with it, but it's fun to just say you were there. Now, the fun part for me was that because 
I was staff this time, I had access to like the green room and stuff like that. So I don't want to go into it too much, but you'd be in there and that's where celebrities and stuff like that go to chill out and get food and so on and so on. So um, I did get a chance to chat briefly with some with some people, which is fun, including Steven Yun. And it was like a half hour after our photo op and he came up there and, uh, you know, I just said thanks for the photo and and uh, showed it to him and showed him something funny about it. And we had a good laugh and, and that was it. Awesome. So, I mean, that's really fun, too. Earlier on one of the days, um, we were sitting having lunch. It was Saturday, I think. We were sitting having lunch, me and Jason. And uh, Lori Holden was in there and Jay Bonansinga was in there and we were sitting and just chatting about some stuff because it's funny. Jay was super excited to meet Lori. He, he, he was saying things like, I love everything you do and all this kind of stuff. And <laughs> it just turned into a little conversation. So that was a lot of fun as well. Cool. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to know about Walker Stalker? Well, what did you, did uh, was there a meetup? Did you have a listener meetup? Oh yeah, we did. We had a very small one. Um, we got to get better at organizing these things. Uh, it's we kind of just what we kind of do is just decide to do it and then uh, say <laughs> you know we'll get there and we'll figure out what a good location is and let everyone know. So there's not a lot of time to for people to plan and stuff like that. So right. next time we really need to try and do one that's better organized and better planned. Anyways, Jason and I did go to a location and a few people came to say hi and, and have a drink. And we just sort of sat around and chatted about a bit about the con, about the podcasts, about whatever. And it was fun. It's always a good time meeting listeners and, and getting to do that sort of thing. But yeah, we just don't uh, organize them very well. So I think we should in the future. Right. So get your shit together. Sorry, I'll try better next time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, if we do, I know I'm going to Atlanta next in 2015, and if you come too, we should we should do a, a better one because Atlanta's the biggest walker stalker, so potentially we could get the most people out. Yeah, I would like to. Yeah, but. the one we did in Atlanta last time, again, wasn't big, but it had more people come out, and uh, um, it was it was really awesome, so. Cool. Um, so, so you flew back and, uh, you know, your flights were okay. Yeah. The flights were okay. The weather was poor, but I'm lucky I made it home. Uh, never landed in an airplane that in such fog as this where fog is scary. Oh my gosh. I couldn't see the ground until we were basically two feet above it. Yeah. Pilots are pilots. uh, They can see the ground though. They know where it is. I don't, don't worry. I know, but it's... And specifically, the plane knows where the ground is. That's true. I understand all these things, but I yeah. just like to have my own visual confirmation, you know? Well, I'm looking forward to the day that uh, that we all have uh, Oculus Rift glasses that we can plug into airplanes and just kind of see whatever the heck we want to, rather than having to just look out this little tiny window to the right or left of us. Oh, that would be cool. Put on an Oculus Rift, and, and it's as if you're looking out the front of the plane. It's it's as if you're looking whatever direction you damn well feel like looking because if you turn your head left and right you you know the cameras will shift and uh, you'll be able to see whatever you want. That would be weird. That's the kind of technology that I want in my lifetime. That would be pretty cool, I guess. But I think you'd freak people out if if like <laughs> if you put on one of these and it's like you're in your seat but the plane is not around you. <laughs> yeah, that would be you're weird. Like uh, you're like Freeman from. Uh, uh, Half Life, right? Right. You're looking around, you but you have no body. You're basically a discorporate set of eyes looking around. Right. Ooh, exciting. And, I like the idea. And if, I want that. And if you're 
30,000 feet in the air. It's like you're just floating up there. That's right. Ooh, that'd be freaky. Uh, people wouldn't like that. Not everyone would like that. People don't have to buy a set of Oculus, Oculus, uh, Ocu- what are they called? Rift, I Oculus Rift. Oculus Rift yeah. glasses. They can choose not to participate. That's true. You can choose not to participate. Yeah. So, yeah, you landed, everything's fine, you're back. When we were you- coming in, the pilot comes on, we're approaching Toronto, and the pilot comes on and says, all right, everyone, there's a lot of fog in Toronto. Actually, it was more like, all right, everyone, there's a lot of uh, fog in Toronto. It was like Agent Smith from... Because uh, you, know, you know how pilots talk. Yeah. And he's, well, they got other things going on, right? They're, just, they're not just talking. They're like reading a whole bunch of stuff and making sure the plane doesn't flip upside down and you know pile right into the ground I'm gl- at 100 miles an hour. I'm glad that they're... 500 miles an hour. I'm glad that they're doing that. But yeah. he said that we're, we are going to make an attempt at an approach to Toronto... Yep. And that if we determine that it, it we that we cannot land due to the fog, we will abort the landing, and you'll feel the plane thrust and pitch up again. And he said, of course, this is nothing to be alarmed about. We're just yeah, it's just like taking off again. And I, and you know, it's I'm not sure everyone really wanted to hear that, but at the same time, it's nice of him to warn us. Yeah, I mean, it's going to freak you out, but it's just uh, you know, you don't want your pilot to come on and say the word attempt. No. Right? And yeah. that's the correct term for it. But, you know, they could probably phrase it, uh, you know, we're going to uh, we're going to go for a landing and we might have to, uh, you know, if the fog's too bad, we might have to uh, try again. Right. So we'll have to take off. Don't say we're going to make an attempt at a landing and, you know, wish us luck. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. Right. It's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. So we made our attempt and it was successful. We landed. I was happy about that. And then we were on the ground, and right. uh, everything. Was it's fine. like it's like trying trying to get a pilot to tell the, uh, the 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 passengers exactly what's going on and what they're what they're planning to do, is like getting a programmer to write end user documentation. It you don't do that, right? Because yeah. it's just <laughs> you know it's the way they see the world is not meant for human consumption, and I say <laughs> that as a programmer. <laughs> That's very true. Very true. Yeah, <laughs> need a translator. Yeah, you do. You need someone who can massage things into the way the general public wants to hear yeah talk people talk instead of talk pilot talk or programmer talk so we made it everything was great um the next walker stalker con is soon it's in san francisco at the end of january it's actually january 31st and february 1st uh so if you're out that way and you want to go experience walker stalker con you should uh you should buy a ticket for that after that, we got a Chicago one, Dallas, Orlando, Boston, and finally Atlanta next October. No Toronto. No Toronto, but uh, I can only hope that that will be coming soon. And uh, They should have it at your house. Just tell, call them up and say, you know, if you want to have a Walker Stalker con, I'll have it at my house. You know, I think there's better options than my house. <laughs> so. Are you sure? Because that would be a lot of fun. Uh, Imagine, hey. you could do the panels right where you're sitting right now. Oh, that would be awesome. You pile uh, three, four hundred people into your uh, into the studio there, and you're all set to go. I could have Lauren Cohan sitting on my couch right there. That's right. Ooh, that would be something. Good times. Yeah. Um, anyways, no, I do hope they do Toronto. I, I really hope they go international with this sucker because, uh, I mean, we'd be at that one for sure. Yeah, yeah, I probably could make that one. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't, I'd be really disappointed. <laughs> I would be too. Yeah. But, you know, you never know. No, you never know. 
Um, all right, so that's it. If anyone wants to know anything more about WalkerStalkerCon, I don't know, just shoot me an email or something. It was uh, a lot of fun. Did you eat a lot of food? Was uh, there a lot of food? Did You didn't go to Manhattan or anything, right? Oh, I went into Manhattan on Monday because it ended on Sunday, and I didn't fly home until like 9 o'clock on Monday night. Oh, so oh. you went to did, did you go to the uh, the sausage restaurant that we went to? No, no, I forgot all about that. And you should have. I keep thinking, I keep dreaming about that restaurant. That I we did went go to back to that sausages. burger place we went to though, because I wanted something. Oh, the quick. one in the uh, the hotel. Yeah, that really really small one where uh, we went there right in the middle of some kind of tainted meat scandal. We did. I don't remember. Yeah, that. there was word. There was all kinds of issues with like uh, unproperly prepared ground beef <laughs> at the time, and we went to a burger place. Well, I don't remember that, but uh, I did enjoy the burger there, so I decided to go back because I needed something quick, and I didn't want to spend a lot of time sitting around eating lunch. And I went at eleven thirty in the morning, so it was a little before the lunch hour rush. Oh, good, good, good. And I was in and out nice and nice and fast. It's a good one. We're talking about a place called the Burger Joint in the Parker Meridian Hotel lobby in right. Manhattan. So it's very difficult to find if you don't know exactly where it is. It is. If you walk in, look for a red curtain. At the red curtain, walk right up to it and then turn left and you'll see a neon hamburger sign. That's where you're going. Yeah. So that was great. And then I, I went through Times Square. I went over to the Lego store in, in Rockefeller Center and looked at the Rockefeller Center Christmas setup and watched people skate for a few minutes. Uh, I was in uh, Brant park i think it's called brant park they have a an ice rink there and a big uh, christmas market setup and then i got on the subway and i went down to union square oh yeah which is like 23rd no 14th street i think the, the numbers are streets right 14th street well they're all they're also numbers are avenues um no the avenues are like broadway and oh yeah fifth oh. avenue you're right sixth seventh fifth anyways Somewhere in New York, Manhattan, you went down in the subway to Union Square. Yeah, and and there was, because someone told me there was a good Christmas market there, and I was looking for Christmassy stuff, do a little shopping. Fantastic Christmas market in Union Square. Yeah, did you buy Christmas stuff? Fantastic. I bought a few things there, yeah. Some presents and so on. Um, And then the weather was so nice on Monday. It was like eight degrees and sunny, beautiful blue sky. So... I, I just sat on a park bench for a little while in, in Union Square and just sat there like in the full sun. I wasn't cold at all. I could just feel the warmth of the sun on me and watch people go by. And I could have sat there all day. It was so pleasant. Nice. So pleasant. And I mean, compared to the weather up here, which was just garbage, I hear. So uh, where'd um, you fly out of? Newark. Newark. Okay. Yeah, that's a crappy airport, man. Holy moly. But that's a whole other thing. Um, and then while I was sitting in Union Square, some guy was flying a drone around. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't know you were allowed to do, especially in the middle of the city like that. But Why not? Um, well, the, I don't know. It's The FAA has rules. It's not rules. like there's a minigun on the damn thing. Well, no, but there was cameras, and like you can fly them up to people's windows and things like that, right? They're, it's it's gray area. It's a gray it's area. It's not gray. It's you can, take a, you can take a picture from anywhere in public, and if you can see in someone's window, I, think you, I don't think you can camp out there, but uh, if you happen to catch something, you're fine. Well, okay. I've always thought it was it, all right. If nothing else, it's it. If you're taking pictures in people's windows, it's a bit of a dick thing to do. Yes, and you might get uh, you know public. What's that called? Peeping tom. Is that is that a law or is it just a term for someone who looks in people's windows? Uh, I don't think. I think it's probably a chargeable, you know, yeah. offense. 
I think it's it's uh, it's getting final. pretty close to the uh, around the time where I look into buying a drone because I I actually saw a couple of uh, a couple of winged or uh, propellered vehicles that uh, I thought would be really interesting. One with a high definition camera. Mm-hmm. The only downside is that uh, it comes with two batteries and a fully charged battery will fly the thing for eleven minutes. I know, it's, which it's, it's a problem. I think we need to get a little farther along in battery technology before I invest $500 in something. Battery technology is terrible. I've thought that for a long time. You know, even when it comes to everything, computers, phones, whatever, and anything that requires more power and is small, uh, it's it's no good. But anyways, that's a whole different thing. I had a really nice time in Manhattan, and and, uh, I could have sat there all day on that park bench because it was so pleasant to be there. I don't Just know say, what it, screw it. I'm not going back to work. Forget the family. I live here now. I don't know what it would have been like at three in the morning on that bench, but you know, I didn't. You'd have made there. friends. It'd have yeah, been fine. I probably would have. Yeah, <laughs> if I'd fallen asleep on that bench. <laughs> Just pretend you're moderating a panel. And just start talking to people. And yeah. When they sit next to you, you just start uh, asking them questions. So, uh, what do you do in your job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there any questions from the audience? <laughs> just step right up and ask. <laughs> step up to the pigeon right there and speak speak into the pigeon, everybody. Yeah, you probably fit right in at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> All right. Um, that was cool. We didn't talk about The Walking Dead all that much in the last 10 minutes or so, but hey, that's fine. Um, it's about to, your trip to Walker Stalker Con. It's okay. That's true. All I right. I forgive you. Thanks. I'm glad you do. Let's wrap it up, though. Right. Um, our next podcast will be sometime in January. We'll figure that out. Um, over the break, though, keep an eye on our Facebook page. We might do a couple of quick uh, giveaways. So, you know, don't uh, don't count us out altogether over the break. I mean, over the next few weeks, over the holiday season. Might do some giveaways on the uh, on the Facebook page, so keep an eye open for that. And when we do come back, we're going to try to actually have read and review the latest book in the uh, Walking Dead novel series. Right. The Walking right. Dead Descent. I'll have to remember. I'll remind you. Don't worry. Okay, good. How, how much advance notice do you need to listen to the whole book before we record? A week. A week. Okay. I'll let you know. Um, and then, uh, we'll figure out what to do from there. And then the show will be back before we know it in February. So yeah. uh, good times are ahead. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch, please do so. You can call us at one 483 9662 You can email us at com, or you can tweet us at talking dead or like us at facebook.com slash the talking dead. And I'm not lying about maybe doing some giveaways on Facebook, so keep an eye on that page. <laughs> I didn't think you were lying. Well, you never know. Sometimes I make stuff up, but not so much on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll see you in a little while. Um, there's a problem with our Canadian Amazon link, everyone. I apologize for that. So if you're in Canada and you wanted to use our Amazon link to do your Christmas shopping, unfortunately, that's not going to work right now. But everyone else in the U.S. and the U.K. and Germany and France... Um, and Spain, if you want to do some holiday shopping, visit talkingdeadpodcast.com slash Amazon and click on the country of your choice. If you're in the States, you can just go to amazon.talkingdeadpodcast.com. And we really appreciate everyone who does that because it's a great way to help support the show. But enough about that. We'll see you in the new year. Have a great holiday season, everybody. Have a great New Year's. And um, I just hope you enjoy whatever it is you do to celebrate or not celebrate over the holidays. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.